just a heads up with John dealing with the effects of having the chip in his head and the ideas of self-harm and self-negation that come with that, I just want to put a trigger warning up front for suicidal thoughts. If you feel like you need to skip this episode, then please do. Take care of yourself. We love you. Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 2, Episode 21 of Farscape, Liars, Guns, and Money, Part 3. Yes, Liars, Guns, and Money, Part 3, Plan B. Hmm. We are in the penultimate episode of Season 2. Okay, so I know this is just how previously on's work but it really feels like this could have been one episode it really feels like the last episode was completely unnecessary yeah i mean not that the last episode was unnecessary but that there was one episode's worth of plot stretched out over two episodes although i feel like most of the uh chaff you can cut from that wheat was from the last episode and not so much from this one i mean the previously on's of which you speak have, like, the getting the team together montage, and that could have been... Just the getting. Padding it out a little bit, but, you know, closer to this end of the spectrum than what we got. They could have done literally all of the recruiting things in one scene. They didn't need to constantly, you know, every five minutes or so we have a three-minute scene where John tries to talk what's-his-bucket and to stop being a pacifist and blah, 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 blah. Like... That didn't need to be so much of the episode. You could trim so much of that down. So let's quickly recap what happened, though. So the gang was going to rob a shadow depository, which is a bank where very bad people keep their money. It's an evil bank. I mean. It's a different (laughs) kind of evil. So they went, they robbed the bank. Everything went flawlessly, except that they robbed Scorpius's container, and Scorpius's container was filled with bugs that look like muddy but actually eat your ship alive, which is horrifying. Yeah, because Scorpius has this weird, like, SM mentor lady who they have sex but also try to murder each other. Yeah, and... she's a sex enemy. A sexemy. Sexemy. Like a frenemy, except more fun. Anyway, so she uh, she filled his vault with these little gold coin-looking bug things, and in order to stop them from eating Moya alive, they had to set large parts of her on fire, since now that Moya is no longer pregnant, they need to come up with new ways to make it so that Moya can't, you know, do all of the things she should be able to do. So she's been severely, severely burned. Yeah, 9% of her body has been burned over. Alright, so... Turns out they don't have the money they thought they needed. Uh, They needed the money to buy Dargo's son, Jothi. To buy his freedom, yes. He was part of this, like, lot of slaves that some slave trader was doing. And since they don't let you do individual sale, they needed to buy the whole lot of slaves. Except, whoopsie doodles, they all died and somehow Jothi magically appeared on the ship. That's not suspicious at all. Well, Jothi didn't just magically appear. After being a total dick to John all episode, Dargo learns at the end of the last episode that John was like, wow, um, I'm going to go turn myself into Scorpius, who is the one who grabbed Jothi. And, uh... Yeah, Scorpius bought the lot of slaves, and he's like, hey, look, I have, uh, I have Dargo's kid, I want John, you give me John, I'll give you, uh, Dargo's kid. And John's like... Not really into that, and and Dargo's all like, Why do you hate me and my son? And this is, like, really putting Dargo in his place as far as, like, Wow, I bet you feel like a dick now. But we should emphasize that the reason John was really willing to do this is because the chip in his head that Scorpius has put there in order to extract the wormhole knowledge is just getting out of control. And so he needed to go to Scorpius and, you know have it taken out well i mean he's he's ready he, he's ready to to suicide yeah i mean i like the fact that like 
they're doing a lot of stuff with, hey, you know, literally any given episode of Star Trek would leave the Enterprise needing massive amounts of therapy. They're kind of doing the whole being a space adventure guy is psychologically incredibly taxing and John is kind of completely losing it at this point. Um, I'm just throwing out there, if you like that this show is not ignoring that this life would cause a lot of psychological damage that John would have to deal with, you are going to love season four! Okay. I'm just saying, this show really does deal with the fallout of everything that happens. Hmm. So remember, I told you that season three is nicknamed by the fandom the season of death. Yes. Yeah. So the Moya crew, pre I guess during the burninating of Moya, they recruited a bunch of hey, it's X from that episode people. They went back into the Farscape lore and recruited a bunch of cameos from previous episodes to help them out because now they need to rob the same bank again. I get. I mean, their thing was that they were gonna. They were gonna rob the bank and grab Jothy before the transfer took place, but then it happened. So. But they still got these guys, so I guess they might as well rob the Shadow Depository again, anyway. Well, what they say at the beginning, the plan was to use these guys to break into the Shadow Depository and liberate Jothy. Also, the uh, what is it like ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine Bannock slaves that were also captured with Jothy who got jettisoned into space or into an inferno or something. Yeah, we never really know the specifics of what happened to them other than that they were all killed. Cause they were they were the extra. Poor Stark. Is it is it weird that Stark is like my favorite character, even though he's only been in like three episodes? Um, no, I absolutely knew Stark would be your favorite character. That is not weird at all. And and lucky you, he's sticking around. But they have all of these, they, they have, they got the gang together. So what Aaron is going to say at the beginning of this episode is plan is the same, except that we're going to liberate John instead of liberating Jothy. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. We're going to go get our boy back. Insert a clip of Lord Farquaad from, you know, Shrek in here. It may cost you some of your lives, but that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we start the episode proper. This was all just the previously on, by the way. This episode is reaching Once Upon a Time levels of explaining the weirdness that has happened in the show up to this point. Hmm. Anyway, we open this episode proper with John on a alien rack, which is round because it's alien. And I appreciate this. It's like... At least they're moving away from chairs, I guess. Well, it's it's like a torture rack, but because they're aliens, it's like a giant... It's like a giant yoga ball that John's strapped to. And I'm just watching this going, that must feel good on his back i mean good to crack your back like that i know it probably actually is one and they just like bought it and tried to make it look all alien-y it really reminds me of a gyrosphere yes i'm like i feel like they just kind of bought a gyrosphere and strapped him into it they brought a gyrosphere from ikea and assembled it kind of wrong and then they're like yeah it looks alien enough Oh, I'm pretty sure this was actually painful for ben browder though i don't think he was enjoying this episode no so, it's time for sexy torture time with uh, John. As sexy if you're into torture. So, for the S&M alien lady, it's sexy. And for Scorpius, the uh, the original S&M alien. Yes. John very much uh, is not into this. This is graphically not his scene. So, before John took off, he left a note. A video note for everyone that was like, hey, uh, this chip is torture, so I'm going to go turn myself into Scorpius and let him kill me and take the chip out and uh, get your son back. So, suck a dick, dumb shits. <laughs> yeah, basically. And Dargo's like, oh no, was I the asshole, you know, in the last <laughs> five episodes or so when I was constantly shrieking at everyone for no reason? Was I the asshole here? And, uh, Ada? <laughs> God. And Jothy's like, it's a real fun uh, situation you got going on here. I, re- I also really love Jothy. I'm assuming I will not later, but it's just like, well, this might as well happen attitude is great. Uh, 
Oh, so the crew that they put together are like, okay, but we're not going to go rescue John if we don't have money. And all of your money came to life and tried to kill your ship. So, no? Yeah, so they need to get all of these people to work together. They've got alien glove guy who gave up his drug murder cult army glove thing to uh, be a monk or whatever of some religion he got from a guy he ate. Yes. And then there's also the frog guys who spit fire. Yeah, the, the frog guys who spit fire who have this very weird honor system where they can only fight battles they know they're going to win and they have to run away if they think that uh, they're going to lose. And yet somehow they all basically got wiped out except for this one dude. There are the blood trackers who can track anyone down by scent. At least one of them. Yes, as I mentioned last episode, they only take the male. They leave the female behind. Because she pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. And turns out, we will learn in this episode that only the females can track. And they Why all... is this species, I mean, I know sexism, but it's, and I, I get that they basically dropped it for their appearance in this, but their whole thing was being ragingly sexist in their first appearance. And now in this one, they're like, oh, it's only the women that have superpowers in this species. I mean, that actually makes complete sense to me, that the women are the ones who have the extraordinary abilities, so... They are kept kind of under the control of whichever man in their life, you know, claims responsibility for them. That mm. that makes total sense to me. Anyway, they also grab the Zenitian pirates who have the giant flax, which is the thing that sits out in space and catches ships. So, it's like a giant space web. Yes. So that's the, that's the crew that is not going to work unless they get paid, which, you know what? The, Fair. They should just return the tracker guy. They have Jothy now. They don't need him. I mean, I guess they need a meat shield. I mean, one more guy with a gun, right? Mm. So Aaron is like, well, you know, the robbing the shadow depository. It's a it's a plan so nice. We may as well do it twice. Hopefully this time we'll try to grab the gold that isn't secretly little robots. I mean, how many of those could possibly be filled with ship-eating bugs? I... Oh, well, it's like we brought up last time. Just breaking into it isn't a good guarantee that you're not going to open up a, a vault and it's going to be, like, full of doll heads or something. Yeah, yeah. These people have all been watching Too Much Storage Wars, a show that did not exist when this show was on, because they're like, yes, every, every single vault will have something... Of value inside of it. Although, okay, I really don't think that they're going to open one and have it be filled with doll heads because that would be, I mean, that's, that's some thing that you would expect to see in like a storage unit. But this is a place that you have to pay a lot of money to, to keep things safe. But I suspect they might find things that are completely useless to them, like lots of documents proving who is the real prince of whatever planet. Yeah, I assume most of what would be hidden there is evidence and or, I mean, a lot of stuff. Oh my god, now I'm thinking about the crime that was, uh, <laughs> that all of those thousands of doll heads were evidence in. God. Or, alternatively, money from civilizations that might not exist anymore. Right? Because is there a galactic standard for money? Like, is it a credits thing or? I mean, it's probably, honestly, it's probably peacekeeper money. Because, mm. oh, and I, I will point out the the bugs, the, the coins that were bugs, appeared to be gold coins. So there's also like precious metals. And gold is particularly precious on Earth, here where we live, in this timeline. In a modern age, gold is useful because it's used in circuitry. Hmm. So in a space society, I feel like gold would be even more useful than it is here. So, yeah. So in order to finance the rescue of John there, while breaking into the shadow depository to save John, they're going to take a side trip into the vaults and just whatever you grabs, you keeps. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's a supermarket sweep. It's the supermarket sweep of human rescue. 
go so while they're all fighting about whether or not they're gonna do this stark loses his shit at the blood tracker and is like my people died we must avenge them and the blood tracker's like oh you have a guy who's on like an unbalanced mission yeah i'm in then i'm definitely in dude you have a wife and a kid on the way like the whole reason you took this mission is because you needed money being like, oh, there's honor in whatever the hell we're doing. That's stupid. You were here for money. No, no. I think the idea is that because this guy is so worked up, he'll definitely fight well instead of the opposite of that. God, that's the stupidest thing. But I guess warrior cultures are stupid in general. and In this, fiction. In fiction. And, I mean, I feel like fiction is kind of the only place where you really Yeah, it's not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Warrior cultures are stupid because in order to keep a civilization running, you mostly need, like, agriculture and stuff. Yeah, I think warrior culture is, like, a romanticized thing that we made up here on, on this planet in this timeline that we made up in order to other other cultures Mm. and that could never actually function in reality so when we put it in space shows it's like okay but who actually grows the hops for all that beer you're drinking Mm. Mm. i feel like vikings are probably the closest we really got to a warrior culture thing yeah although i feel like our idea of what vikings are is again kind of i mean distant from what they actually were but yeah most of what I know from Vikings is uh, when I was in Italy, when, you know, we would tour museums and stuff, they uh, they talked about Viking raids and uh, graffiti they put talking about how they did bad stuff to the Pope. But the thing about Vikings is, well, for, okay, I don't want to get into Vikings. <laughs> I, I don't want to go on a tangent about Vikings, but I'm just going to say the thing we know about Vikings going on a Viking is a small part of what they did. They also, you know... Yeah, because a culture can't just be going around pillaging stuff. Yeah, at some point, you, you gotta bring the stuff you pillaged home. Otherwise, otherwise, what's the point? So, what you're saying is, Hagar the Horrible might be more accurate than one would assume? Yes, that is what I'm saying. You know, at some point, the Vikings have to be like, I have to step down from Viking to spend some time with my family. My, my beautiful blonde wife with her metal bra. Mm. And my beautiful blonde daughter, who also has a metal bra. And my son, Hamlet, who is tiny and meek. And that's the joke. And also, he's not in a lot of them because he's not very interesting. So, John is being tortured. And let me say, someone on this show just loves eye torture. Yeah, this episode is really big on stuff happening in, around two eyes not this a isn't fan. the first episode where that's been the case yeah this oh god yeah the whole yeah that's a big running thing with this yeah it, there have been at least three other episodes that have involved eye stuff especially dna mad scientist oh the the nabari at the a clockwork uh, nabari oh, yeah, that literally the eyes were yeah so i feel like someone was working through something or Someone had some very specific interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a fan. Either specific interests or specific fears. Mm, yeah. There's kind of the only two directions <laughs> that would have you uh, incorporate so much of that into a show you're working on. But Natira's all like, oh, your eyes are so beautiful. I want them. Yeah. Thanks, Natira. Thanks. And- Way to launch a thousand <laughs> crappy, creepy pastas. <laughs> And Scorpius is like, okay, later, but first, I need to suck the wormhole knowledge out of John's head. And John is like, your ship already goes super fast. Why do you need wormholes? And this is when we first start talking about what will be a runner for the rest of the show. The idea of using wormholes as weapons. The idea that you could open a wormhole next to an enemy planet and it would just get sucked in. I guess that makes sense, because my question was always, why do they need wormholes if, you know, they can just starburst like well i mean that that is the answer like what we're going to start talking about now going forward is not the wormhole knowledge but the ability to make a wormhole weapon Mm. so talon shows up 
Yeah, Talon shows up and he is fucking pissed. Yeah, he showed up because he heard Moya's cry when she was being burned and like it was the cry of his mom and he came running. Yeah, he, he he's like a toddler with giant guns who's arrived to protect his mother. It's sweet. It is very sweet. Talon is functionally kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron thanks Crace for, you know, bringing Talon over. And Crace is like, yeah, I didn't have a choice. Talon was like, yeah, we're going. Deal with it. Yeah, like, I can advise Talon what to do. But at the end of the day, he's the one who's in control of his own actions. So. Yeah. So he's, like, helping Moya heal through what's basically the ship equivalent of giving blood. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's like, hey, as long as Talon's here, can we use Talon to free John? And Crace is like, oh, oh, so you're okay with me using Talon's weapons when it's to free your boyfriend? I see. And Aaron's like, yup. You're not going to get me in one of the, oh, no, moral quandary. Yes, I am okay with using methods I find unpleasant to get things I want. Congratulations, I'm, I was going to say human, but I'm basically any sentient creature in this universe. Yeah, yeah. So, also, I mean, I know it's been a thing with him for a while, but I do like how Chris basically kind of dropped the whole vengeance for my brother thing. He's like, eh. He has a ship now! Eh. I mean, he had a ship before, but he has a cool ship now! Who needs vengeance when you have a gunship? You win some, you lose some. Siblings. Oh. <laughs> so, back on the ship, everyone's trying to come up with a plan, but, you know, these are not... This is not... A brain trust? Yeah. Ry- Rigel still has Durka's head from when he cut off Durka's head in the last episode, and he's still, like, waving it around, like, Oh, oh, well, what do you think... What do you think about that, Durka? What do you think about these guys not listening to me? Oh, Durka says you should listen to me or I'll cut your head off. I'm guessing the actor didn't get paid for this. Uh, probably not for this episode. He was in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I guess that's not how likeness rights work. No, he probably didn't get paid for them waving the, the wax head around. So... God, they really don't need most of these people. I mean, I I get it. They find uses for them because... Do they? Because spoilers for the end of this episode. I I, I mean, you know, you're all here, so you watched it or you didn't. But spoilers for the end of this episode. Talon just blows everything up at the end. Like, they needed none of these people. I I think... think (laughs) And also they all died unnecessarily. Yeah, it's it's a real, real weakness of the episode that they assembled an awesome team. I mean, not awesome team, but, like, they assembled a team. They were like, we need all of these skills. We're going to put this together, and it's going to be an Ocean's Eleven-style heist. And then Talon was like, what if I just blow everything up? Well, I mean, it's it's like Sailor Moon, right? Where, like, she has all of these friends, and they all have, you know, their powers. But at the end of the day... There's one animation that they use to end every episode. Like, they created the stock finisher move for her to use. She uses it at the end of every episode. And it's like, does it really matter that her friend shot lightning and fire and whatever at the monster? All you need is her to throw her tiara. That's what Sailor Moon does, right? She has I tiara. haven't watched Sailor Moon, so I'm taking your word on all of this. Okay, I mostly know Sailor Moon through a, a podcast I used to listen to. Sure, sure. So, but, like, she just throws her tiara at the end of every episode and the monster explodes. Do you really need the friends throwing bubbles and fire and lightning and hearts? Right? Like, Venus is... I I love that you keep asking me. I I don't know! (laughs) But, like, yeah, you just needed talent. And honestly, did you need talent? I don't know the extent of Stark's powers, but... Couldn't you just guided everyone to death a little bit there? I'm pretty sure that's past his abilities, but I don't know, maybe. I just feel like eh, everyone's close enough to death. I think what's important to realize here is that it's hard to actually plan a really good heist. It's hard, you know, from a fictional standpoint to write a good heist. 
Like, that has a good, satisfying ending. It's just... And and they, it, it, they didn't quite get here. It's really easy to pull off a heist when you just blow everything up and then walk over everyone's smoldering corpses to get what you want. So, uh, to return to the uh, role-playing well, mm-hmm. where we so often dip our dippers. Dirty. Anyway, uh... This actually reminds me of a lot of Shadowrun games I've been in, because Shadowrun theoretically is set up like a heist. Like, literally, Shadowrun. Mm. You, are a, you are a person who goes in unseen, like the shadows, and pulls off whatever crime it is that you've been hired to pull off. So, a Shadowrun session usually consists of the first half of the session, you and the other players sit down and carefully plot out how it is you're going to pull off whatever heist you're going to pull off. And then you go there, you've walked through the door, you're in there about 30 seconds, everything goes to hell, and then at the end of the day, you just have to shoot your way out. Shadowrun. Love that game. So yeah, that's that's what's going on here. We're getting lots and lots of, uh... Planning that will not matter at all. Yup. Especially, especially the flax, you have to imagine, would be... Not a useful thing to have in this particular situation. Well, the idea of the flax was that they were going to use it to catch the ship that Jothi was on before Jothi got to Scorpius. So, I mean, the Zenitian pirates, you could just airlock right now. They're not doing anything. So then there's a touching scene where Dargo shows his Qualtha blade to Jothi because it's like his culture and everything. And Dargo's all like, hey, I'm sorry I wasn't around when you were growing up. And Jothi's like... Yeah, I, I know my uncle framed you for murder and then murdered my mother. I get it. I, I'm not in, I'm not Connor in that way. I do like how he's like, look, I'm not thrilled that you weren't there for most of my life, but I understand on a practical level that a lot of stuff conspired to keep you from raising me. I don't love it. I'm dealing with it you need to let me deal with it in my own time i'm not mad at you per se but i've got a lot of emotions i need to work out it's really weird because he's like yeah no it's not your fault but i do blame you for everything that happened to me it's your fault that my face is all scarred off and that i had to cut off all of my uh luxon bits so yup And also, by the way, I'm not going to go risk my life to save your friend that I don't even know. It's like Jothi is the anti-Darko because he's very calm and reasonable and, you know, I mean, I guess he's also not helping, but he has good reasons for not helping. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if I were Darko, I mean, I know, blah, blah, warrior culture, blah. I would want Jothi to stay on Moya because... It seems like the irony thing would be that he would get blown up as soon as he went on this rescue mission. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just, he doesn't seem like he's in a good space to go on a rescue mission right now. Yeah, he was just, I don't know, swimming in Bannock slave corpses. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, back in the Shadow Depository... Uh, Scorpius is, like, incepting himself into uh, John's brain so that he can scoop out the wormhole knowledge. And it's it's weird because now real Scorpius is in John's head and so is Chip Scorpius. Chip Scorpius is not super thrilled with this. I guess it's kind of like being a clone and encountering the original where, like that Will Smith movie no one saw or liked. Gemini Man. Yeah. It's, it's like the sixth day where Arnold Schwarzenegger discovers that he is himself a clone, but, like, neither of them wants... Sixth day, by the way, underrated movie. You know, I, I don't want to super give him compliments, but Arnold Schwarzenegger pulled off a very fine line. Like, he... Total Recall is a... It's an amazing movie. And I assumed it was like a, you know, schlocky, sci-fi, Schwarzenegger, action hero-y thing, but it's really well done. Yeah, Total Recall is a good movie. Anyway, uh, Chip Scorpius tells regular Scorpius that he has all of the knowledge he needs, so 
he's ready to be pulled out. Except the thing is, is he? Is he ready to be pulled out? Or has he grown? Is he something more now? So Aaron is still trying to convince Crace to use Talon to liberate John, and she's like, if you do, I'll sleep with you. And Grace is like, oh my god, it's not even about that right now. Jesus Christ. I do like how he's, you know, mostly over his thirst for John blood. But he's like, I still don't like him. I'd still be totally happy if he died. He still did kill my brother. Like, sure, I'm not the insane military commander, blah, blah, blah. From Scorpius is definitely the insane military commander from the opening credits now. But, you know, like, if Crichton dies, no sweat off my balls. Come on. Yeah. So, the rest of the crew comes to Dargo, and they're like, Hey, uh, we decided we're gonna take over. And Dargo's like, hey, pilot, tell them the thing. And pilot's like, uh, if you try to mutiny, I will just send out gases that render you all unconscious, so. Boy, that would have been a really, you know... Useful thing to use at any other point in this show. Oh, I'm pretty sure they're bluffing. bluffing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. God, yeah, I mean, watching these episodes in this way where we kind of dissect them, man, these really could have been combined into one episode. A lot of time is spent planning a heist in this episode that can just be skipped right over because, you know... It all goes to shit almost immediately. Yeah, and also, like, we had a whole other episode, like... Yeah, see, that's the thing. I feel like these two episodes really suffer from being sequel episodes to A Simple Plan. A not-so-simple plan. A not-so-simple plan. Right, this isn't a very good movie based off of a not-so-good book. (laughs) But, like, the first episode had a heist, they planned it out, they did the heist. It was one episode. It was really smooth. Like, a lot of stuff happened in that episode, but, you know, it all flowed naturally. These episodes just feel like they're killing so much time. Like, all of last episode was about putting a crew together, and the first half of this episode is about, you know, creating a plan, and neither of those things are important. Right? Ugh. Anyway, Scorpius's head starts hurting because he needs his his thing changed. He got too hot being in John's brain. Yep. I I like that this episode, that these two episodes, three actually, all three episodes in this little thing, focus a lot on Scorpius's brain rods and what needs to be done with them. Because I don't like when villains are, like, so powerful and there's nothing that can be done. I wasn't going to bring up the glory problem, but the glory problem. Exactly. From season five of Buffy. I really like that, you know, Scorpius has a very significant weakness. Anyway, Scorpius goes to change his brain thing. And speaking of weaknesses, Natira and John have a conversation while Scorpius is gone And John realizes that the chip can be removed without killing him, which was not information he previously had. Mm. So now he's like, wait, wait, wait. Maybe don't kill me then. And she's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. But after I have fun with you first, torture fun, sex torture fun. And John's like, oh, my God, what is it with the... What is it with aliens in this universe, dear lord? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, does, is s does it have to be everyone's thing? I, I'm pretty sure, like, it's just a side effect of this being a very horny show. But, like, you can demonstrate horniness without going straight to S&M. Or yeah, without you, going to S&M at all, even. But, see, you can't have violence without S&M if you're a show that's infusing sex into everything. Hmm. So, yeah, she's gonna torture, murder, fuck John, and John's just gonna have to deal with that, I guess. Yes. Ugh. Unfortunate. But he's the main character, and he'll be fine. I mean, he won't be. He'll be horribly scarred, but... Also, she's gonna not successfully do any of that stuff to him, so. Yeah. Okay, so then we get a scene with Zan and the frog fire guy, which is 
you have pointed out many times we don't need because we had this last episode where we learned that, like, he has problems producing flame. Like, it's a whole thing. There's something wrong with him and he can't produce flame. Aaron made an erection joke about it and everything. Yeah. Honestly, last episode, Aaron was like, hey, um, can you produce flame? And he's like, yes, and then failed to produce flame. And then there was no follow-up to that. I mean, he produced, like, a tiny amount of flame, and she was like, I've seen bigger. And then they all moved on. He said he'd take care of it. And actually, he is taking care of it here. He tells Zan that if she makes this drug for him, he'll be able to make flame, so. So, the tracker is in the Shadow Depository trying to find Crichton, but, you know. It turns out that only the females can track, so his, his being here was... Just completely pointless. Also, he gets caught, like, immediately. Like, immediately the second-in-command guy in the Shadow Depository and Scorpius are like, Hey, what's going on? Who are you? What are you doing here? What's your deal? So, then they tie him up to one of the torture cubes. Although, John is, like, stretched over the back of one of the- I said cube, it's a sphere. Mm. John is- bent backwards over the torture sphere but they just like sat this guy down and chained him to it they didn't have time to like roll him onto his back so it's torture o'clock boy uh scorpius must really be missing that chair of his around now right scorpius just tries to glare the information out of him and you know what credit to him he does not give up the plan he's like no i this has nothing to do with john this is an entirely separate plan to rob the shadow depository Granted, a lot of the same people are involved. Well, he doesn't know that yet. He just thinks it's this guy and the Zenitian pirate and the gauntlet guy. Eh, He's been following their adventures. He's like, I recognize all these cameos. But Blue Bug Alien Girl is going to take out his eyes because... Because he's got red eyes and she needs more red in her collection. Also, I mean, I guess it makes sense. That that eyes would be the trophy she would collect? Oh, no, I was thinking... I guess it's not what he was trying to do. I thought maybe Scorpius was trying to use the uh, mind reading thing that Scarens can do. He doesn't have that ability, though. God, it sucks to be Scorpius. Whoa, I hadn't thought about this before, but no, he doesn't have that ability that Scarens have. And he built that Aurora chair. So that's just like total compensation on his part. Mm. I had never really thought about like that being connected. Huh. Honestly, Scarens seem like a kind of uh, hit the jackpot power-wise. Yeah, they are. They are pretty powerful. Like they're super strong. They can read minds, and they got the fire beam thing. Really, uh, Scarens are. If we're talking in D and D terms, Scarens are basically like half dragons, and they're half dragons in D and D are like a super powerful race. You you. You can't even play them as player characters unless you're doing a high-level campaign because they're so, even the low-level ones are so powerful. So, anyway, the tracker, whose name is Rolf, is, uh... <laughs> I just thought I... We, we never said his name. He's about to die. I thought maybe we should say his name. You are 16 going on 17. You're gonna die in space. Rolf. Anyway, he's, like, confessing the plan, but obviously a fake plan. And he's like, that's the plan, don't kill me. But, yeah, it's not going to go well. Oh, no, his eyes, he needs those for looking at stuff. Yeah, yeah, Natira's already taken one of his eyes, and he still has one. Anyway, back on the ship, Jothi has made the noble decision that he is going to go down and try to free John, which is nice. That's nice. That's a nice thing for him to do. So, Pilot wishes them all luck, and Aaron's like, Thank you, Pilot, because we have a special connection. Pilot's like, yeah, I'm going to just sit here with the critically injured Moya, but you guys have good luck getting John back or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Pilot. I mean, he has to be feeling some psychic afterburn from that, right? Oh, absolutely. From from Moya burning? Oh, yeah. Pilot's got to be in severe pain. Or do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Talon is going down on into the planet because he's going to knock out the power to the Shadow Depository so that, you know, everyone else can run in and grab... It's I love that they spend... And by love, I mean hate. Like, I hate, but 
Literally, they spent like half the episode talking about what their plan was. Their plan is to knock out the power and do a smash and grab. That's not a whatever, whatever. Not to uh, not to bring this back, but it kind of reminds me a lot of the D and D campaign we played, where we had the one player who was very into meticulously planning instead of just actually doing stuff. Yeah. And it's like, we could only meet for about an hour a week, so maybe we should actually do stuff in that hour. Mm-hmm. But a TV show version of that. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Oh. Anyway. Also, God, this plan is... Well, I mean... It's so dumb. Just... I mean, the plan is brute force, and you know what? It works. <sighs> it's just lead with your big gun if that's what you're gonna do. Don't be like, oh, we're going to do this, that, the other thing. And then as soon as it all falls to shit, oh, never mind. Blow everyone up. Yeah. Yeah. So John is having a conversation with sexy bug lady briefly. Like we go from the firefight from everyone shooting, you know, to try to get into the depository to save John to John in the depository talking to sexy bug lady. And he's like, you know, Scorpius is going to kill you. And she's like, no, that's just a game we played. He's like. No, no, he's going to kill you. Just yeah. like, John's like, his up. clone is in my head, and his clone said he's going to kill you. Also, he's like, hey, um, sexy bug lady, how about if you pull the chip out, then you have the wormhole technology, because at this point, I don't give a fuck, and then you let me go. It seems like she's thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming more to sell than to oh, use herself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's her deal. She's a capitalist. So the little toad guy is wandering around and, oh, if only he had the confidence to shoot a fireball big enough to burn down a door or something. Okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> like, you said that, the way you just said that, that's the way it would be on, like, Star Trek. But the way it is here is he's like, no, Zan, just give me the drugs I told you I need. And Zan's like, but this much drugs will kill you. And he's like, yeah, but at least I'll shoot a giant fireball. And that's what happens. Don't you see? You didn't need the magic feather at all. The real magic was in the drugs were pumping you full of. This was nothing but harmless tap water. Yep. Harmless tap water and LSD to uh, quote Futurama. God. So, yeah. Frog guy blows up and they get past the door. Yeah. And Aaron's like, oh, that was gross. Come on, guys. (laughs) There there is a moment where Dargo throws this Qualta blade at one of the soldiers who's defending the Shadow Depository. And it hits him right in the heart. And Aaron's like, good shot. And Dargo's like, I was aiming for between his eyes. And it's like, dude, just take the Shut take up and w. take the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jothy's like, wow. Guess that's not the stupidest thing ever. Uh, so It's okay, Jothy, it is. Klingons have that too, don't they? They have like a... So the interesting thing about Klingons is that they kind of have that whole honor thing when we're dealing with Worf. But then when we meet actual Klingons, it turns out that a lot of stuff that Worf has was just like a human idea of how Klingons should act. And Klingons are actually way, way cooler. Oh no, I meant the dumb sword thing. The Batleth is not dumb! It's both a sword and a shield! It stabs and it parries! Okay. And it doesn't look like it was made out of plastic (laughs) and then sold at Party City. I mean... uh... Anyway, the Xiang, the uh, the frog fire guy, he needs to get off one more burst of fire to knock out the power so that, you know. Oh, yeah, he didn't explode, explode until he does. Yeah, he first, he, he, he took the drugs, he knocked down the door, and now he needed one last burst to uh, take out the power, which he finally was able to do. Yeah, we have a cool guys don't look at explosions moment where, uh, where Dargo and Zan kind of just jump away from... An explosion that they're blue screened over. Mm-hmm. Which has to be very awkward with Zan, you know, being blue and all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Co- color keying, that was probably awkward. Yes. I guess maybe they green screened it. I don't think green screen was a thing yet. I think it was still blue screen at this point. You know what I think they did with the, what, what is it again? The the, dark, the um, Klingon weapon? The Batleth. The Batleth. 
it really, really looks like a deforestation tool. They just kind of... Oh my god, yeah, it is like a scythe, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now we have a moment which, by the way, is super similar to something that Joss Whedon will shamelessly rip off for Serenity. Hmm. Where the power has gone out, so everyone puts on their night vision goggles, but Aaron's night vision goggles aren't working. So she's like spinning around and shooting in the dark and then when the lights come back on she's killed everybody because uh she's a badass much like the scene in serenity the firefly movie where we see except it's it's more it goes black for us the doors close with river and all of the reapers and then when the doors open back she's like killed them all yes because being psychic makes you good at kung fu i mean i guess that makes some sense but i mean there's there's more to it than that What's her deal? Like, I know she's psychic, but, like, I never got why she has, like, physical fighting powers out of that. Okay, so, also, like, her amygdala, the thing that makes you feel fear, has been removed so that she's, like, able to do all of the, like, kicks and punches that you, your body would normally pull back from. And she was naturally psychic, but, like, all of the blocks that make you not want to hear everything that you would hear if you were psychic, those got removed, too. Um, And then she's just naturally punchy because all women in joss whedon movies are naturally punchy okay but she doesn't have like super strength or anything no she has like peak human uh... yeah she's just peak human as far as strength and dexterity and all that good stuff Hmm. which makes sense because summer glow is herself a ballet dancer which yeah pretty peak human as far as strength and dexterity and all that stuff should i watch firefly i've been dragging my heels for like 20 years at this point i like alan tudyk I I will curate Firefly for you, if you would like to watch just like... Aren't there only like 12 episodes? It seems like a pretty easy curate. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, uh, I'll show you the like three episodes you should watch. Okay, so it is a Star Trek thing where like 20% of the show is good and the rest of it's crap. <sighs> I, I not, mean, not to be mean to Star Trek, I'm just... Look, there's uh, a lot... It's... It's complicated because it's good, but there's a lot of weeding all over it. But we'll watch. Also, the good guys were the Confederacy. I mean, it's more like the good guys were small business and the bad guys were like Walmart. Because that's the way the conflict is set up. Hmm. So it's not like they were fighting to defend slavery like our Confederacy. Farscape. Oh, wait, did you have more? No, I I was going to say, I think it kind of says something about this episode that I feel like we've mostly been talking around it for this entire episode, that nothing goddamn happens. Like, there's a lot of firefights, there's a lot of- Well, I mean, that's part of the problem, right? This episode can be cut into two parts. The first half, where they're planning a mission that's going to go awry the very second they step into the Shadow Depository- And then the second half, that's just all fighting. So there's not really much to say other than, you know, fighting. So, whatever. John finally gets the blue alien lady to go into his head to incept him the way Scorpius did so that she can talk directly to the clone. And the clone's like, oh yeah, Scorpius is straight up going to murder you. Which, why is this news to her? She thought it was all like a sexy, sexy game. A sexy game where they attempt to murder each other. But, you know, like in a sexy way. So she didn't think, oh, I might for reals die. Yeah, I guess. So she pulls out John's head and she's like, you know what? I'm I'm team Moya now. Take me to Moya. Just save me from Scorpius because now I'm scared of him, I guess. Yeah. And, uh. I I, I do like that the blood tracker, Rolf, is like, um, no. And John's like, well, we kind of need her. And he's like, she took my. Yeah, you know what I need? I need two eyes. I mean... You don't, but still, it's nice to have. So I, I kind of I kind of thought the thing with Aaron and the night vision goggles was going to go in an archer direction. You thought she was going to kill all of the friendlies? No, no, I thought she was going to not be able to see when they turn on the lights. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a serial. Not a serial direction. Gotcha. So, I would just not give Cyril guns. I'm I'm sorry. It's never, he never does anything good with them. Yeah, that's true. It's weird. He, 
shows himself to be a decent field agent as far as thinking on his feet in the El Contadore episode. But, yeah, don't give him a gun. Well, yeah, like, he, he turns around the whole rebellion because he's a oh, good right. strategic thinker. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Anyway, John and Scorpius are kind of facing off, and it's hard for John because he's got the thing in his head that is making it so he can't fight Scorpius, and... Finally, finally, Natira's like, oh my god, okay, Rolf and I are fucking out of here. Good luck, fucko. And then there's like this, I, I do like there's this moment where he's like, ah, oh, I don't, it's, it's, it's intense and dramatic, and Dargo's like, you know what, I'm just gonna shoot things. I'm just gonna shoot things, and we're just gonna grab John and run. I do love that Aaron has like no patience for this at all. Yeah, she's she's good. She's she she knows what's up. So now Rolf is gonna die, and he's like, "Go and tell my pregnant wife that you know I love her or whatever." And Dargo's like, "No, you died with that honor." <laughs> I was gonna say Dargo says he will, but we actually are never gonna see that. So I don't know if Dargo actually does or not. I'm keeping the money that I said I was gonna give to your wife. Wah, wah. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, things are turning sideways for our heroes. Also, Chiana's in this episode. For like five seconds, she's like... Well, Chiana's plot in this episode is that she's with the Zenitian pirates who have the flax, and they're... They've they've caught Moya in the flax because they double-crossed them. And that's bad, but then, uh... Weird, it's almost like you shouldn't, you know, trust pirates. Yeah. Especially pirates you have not paid. But then Talon shows up and just blasts everything. It's like, haha, we have a uh, deus ex ship in a... Mm. I guess it actually is deus ex machina, right? It actually is God from the Machine. We have the cheat codes. Right? We have a DM who's tired of running this game, who's like, okay, then the ship shows up and blasts everything away so that you don't have to fight anymore because I'm tired of this. Scorpius is doing a lot of just standing in the middle of a firefight and nothing's happening to him. Yeah, it's one of his superpowers. He didn't get any of the cool, uh... He didn't get any of the cool scared superpowers, but he got that one. So he and John shoot a lot of significant looks to each other. It would be really easy to do one of those, you know, slash AMVs. Oh my god, you could totally do, like, a sexy edit of this, like, in that one episode of Community. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, that one episode of, uh, 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, no, you just play the right music over someone looking at someone else. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so... Talon, now that Talon has freed Moya from the flax, Talon's like, hey, uh, how about if I come and just blow up the Shadow Depository and and rescue you? I know I'm a literal baby, but I feel like I could handle this situation way better than you people. Yeah, I know I'm a literal baby, but I'm a literal baby with giant guns. So Aaron is like, yes, shoot right here, give us 90 seconds to escape, and then shoot right where I am. And, uh, yeah, that's... That's what happens. They do have to knock John out, though, to get away, because John's like, no, I need the chip out. I do I do love that he's like, no, I can't leave. I I have to obey Scorpius. And Aaron's like, yeah, we don't have time for this. And she just clonks him over the head and then shoves his unconscious body to Dargo. Dargo could finally pull some weight around here. He's literally carrying John's weight. Yeah. Which is good, since he's been kind of a dick to John for, like, ever. ever. Yeah. So, the crew takes shelter in one of the deposit containers while Talon blows the thing up, so... Pew, 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 pew. That's, like, the whole second half of this episode is just pewing all over the place. <laughs> but also, like, they've got a shitload of gold and stuff. Yay. Also, they do a thing where we think Scorpius might be dead because he's definitely in the Shadow Depository, but... Spoilers, he is definitely not dead. He already did this once in the three-parter. We do get a great shot of the Shadow Depository just collapsing. It is pretty great. And you'll remember Shadow Depositories are supposedly like super, super hardcore, powerful, impenetrable. So, um... This is super embarrassing for them. Well, I was actually going to say, even though Talon really did all of the heavy lifting, uh, Moya's crew is going to ride out this cred for a long time. 
So everyone is super rich now because, you know, they managed to... The the thing that they hit out in while Talon was blowing everything up was full of space gold. And Chiana bites it and she's like, it's not a robot this time. And it's like, okay, Chiana, sure. Also, Chiana's sad because, you know, it was a Pyrrhic victory. They got all of this loot, but Moya is super, super burned and things were very hard and... Also, a bunch of people died, but they weren't people we knew, so eh. Okay, so um, my one of my favorite lines from this episode is when the Tavlek takes the takes the gold and says he's going to bring the shares to the families of the people who died, and he says, "All right, I'm off. Thank you for teaching me to love killing again." It's it's a solid line. He did nothing in this episode, though. I mean, he was part of the firefight. He did nothing. Like, they spent so much time recruiting these people, and they had, like, a negligible effect on the plot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not having an effect on the plot, we get one more scene where Crace is like, yeah, again, this wasn't me. This was all talent. I had no control. And Crace is like, hey, uh, did you tell Crichton that you're going to come stay with me on Talon? And we cut to John, who is not okay yes john is having some pretty serious issues we see him like messing with the chessboard that he made before and he hears the chip scorpius in his head and he's singing daisy daisy from 2001 space odyssey yeah which i love you know what even (laughs) even with his mind being destroyed by a chip john is still right there with the pop culture references Mm mm-hmm Anyway, Dargo's like, hey, meet my son who you helped save. And he's like, Dargo, fucking kill me. End of episode. So I like this episode a lot more when we were watching it than when we were talking about it because nothing happens. Well, I mean, when you say nothing happens, there was like fighting, which is hard to talk about, but. Also kind of boring. I mean, yeah, the real problem is that this episode and the last epi- uh, for the hundredth time this episode and the previous one should have been combined into one mm. well i feel like next week's episode is going to kind of redeem us okay next week's episode is called die me dichotomy mm-hmm. and the description from wikipedia is the crew takes moya and Crichton to an ice planet hoping that both can be treated by a diagnostician Crichton's neural chip has taken control of his mind and body and will stop at nothing to survive all right. So uh, we have some segments. We do. So our first segment is a distant part of the universe, which is what world building worked for you here. Although I think we might have to skip over this one since this one. Honest to God, I feel like we could skip over all of the segments because they didn't introduce anything new in this episode. And so the only thing that I am going to say is the looking for a way home. Mm-hmm. Our segment where we talk about what resonated with us emotionally in this episode and this might just be being a parent making me soft but i love that talon heard his mother in pain and was like fuck it i'm gonna go save her that warms my heart okay i do like that and honestly we skipped over strange alien creatures because there was no new monster design which brought us to uh looking for a way home what emotionally connected with you this episode it's kind of weird to say, but I really liked Jothy's thing with Dargo, where he tells him, like, look, I blame you. I'm not angry at you. I understand that, you know, these were circumstances from beyond, you know, beyond your control. But that doesn't change the fact that I blame you for what happens. I know it's not a rational thing, and mm-hmm. I know it's something I just need to deal with over time, but it's how I feel. I do really like a character who has that awareness. I was going to say very emotionally sound for somebody who was like... Half Dargo. <laughs> I was going to say imprisoned for his entire life, but yeah, half Dargo. Hmm. So I think that does it for us this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. 
If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. Mm-hmm.